0: Amen. Amen. Hey, you can take your seats. And while you're doing that, get your Bibles out. And uh, let's open them up to John chapter 10. Uh, John chapter 10, as we look at a message that I've entitled, Lay It All Down. Lay It All Down. Um, You know, often you see in sports and you'll hear comments like, um, leave it all out on the ice. Like you got to give a hundred and ten percent. It's not even possible, but you know those are the kind of things that are used to describe what happens in a sporting event, or or we're giving everything we've got. I was listening to uh, Rick Tockett, who is the coach for the Vancouver Canucks, um, talking about their effort, and he said some of the guys aren't giving. 100% now they're in first place they're ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs they've lost two they lose two in a row and there's a catastrophe for them but some of the guys aren't putting out some of the guys aren't giving everything they've got i um, in our text today five times Jesus says I'm giving it all up for you In verse 11, he says, I lay down his life. In verse 15, I lay down my life. In verse 17, I lay down my life. And twice in verse 18, I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down. The big idea of our message today is that Jesus, the one and only, lays it all down for his Sheep. We find that in John 10, so would you stand with me as we read God's word? We want to honor him, and I'm going to start at verse 11 and read down to uh, verse 21. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He was a hired hand, not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Father, would you open our eyes this morning to the work of your word through the power of your spirit, Lord. Nothing will be accomplished through this message or this worship time outside of your spirit working in us. So that you are here. Now, Lord, would my heart be open to hear what you want to do in it. Would that be true of anyone who hears today? The person who's come and was pulled to church by somebody who's making them be here, Lord. Would you uh, break into them through the power of your spirit to listen to what your word is saying? The person who is having a difficult time, would they hear the story and realize the reality that we have a good shepherd? And Father, he cares for us for those who are struggling, for those who are rejoicing. Father, would we listen carefully to your word? Give us ears to hear it, minds to comprehend it. But then, Lord, a heart filled with passion to live out our lives for the glory of the good shepherd. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, you can take your seats. And this message is the fourth I am of Jesus. We've seen Jesus where he said, I am the bread. And it's not one kind of bread. He's not like whole wheat, but there's other kinds. I, I am the bread. There's only one bread when he talks about it. That's Jesus. He says, I am the light. I am the only light. Um, I am the door. And we've also seen, as part of a different part of the text, as we were going through the book, I am the resurrection and the life from John chapter 11. And, and today we take a look in, in the John chapter 10 that I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And then we have a couple more of these to go. We will, in the next few weeks, we will look at, uh, Lord willing, next week, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Probably the most famous of all of the I ams of Jesus. And then we'll take a look at I am the true vine. This is our Jesus. This is how he described himself. And it created all kinds of reaction with the religious leaders, caused all kinds of reaction with his followers, but he's, exclu- he's giving exclusivity to who he is. This is our Jesus. And so today as we look at this text, we want to see Jesus the good shepherd, not a good shepherd, but the good shepherd under two headings. The first one in the shepherd and his priority. And then the second one is the shepherd and his relationship. And so let's look at that. The shepherd and his priority in in verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I made a big deal already about the word the. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the life. There's an exclusiveness that goes On there. I I find book titles to be interesting uh, for me as you read about uh, the guy's hitting onto a topic, and and one of those we'll look at today is leadership. John Maxwell uh, has a book out. It's called The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Now that can sound a little bit arrogant, and I'm not thinking he's pompous. Maybe one of his writers or somebody gave him that title. But, But the title itself is the that there are 21. There are only 21 and you can't argue about them because they're irrefutable. It's not, he didn't call the book 21 laws of leadership. He called it the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. So if you want a book on leadership, just buy that one because that's all you'll ever need, right? We all know that's just not true. Um, John MacArthur has written a book. It's called The Book on Leadership. So I can throw the other 20 books of leadership away that are on my shelf because John MacArthur wrote the book on leadership. Now, the good thing about his book, it takes you and it points right to the story of Paul in the Bible. But man shouldn't use those kind of words, I don't think. When Jesus says it, it makes sense. Jesus Christ is saying, I am the good shepherd. His claim is because it's who he is. We we use this statement, God is good all the time. There's only one who is good, and that's God, and that's in Jesus Christ. And so he calls himself the good shepherd. We're gonna come back and take a look at that in in a moment, but I wanna go on to the other side of the coin, and we find that in verse 12. He says, um, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches and scatters them. And so you have the person who's the shepherd. Again, we're gonna come back to that. Then you have the hired hand who's given a job and, and they don't have the same kind of commitment at all. Uh, they are there for the money. Uh, They're there because of the needs that they have. They've got to pay the rent. They're there because their wife said, you're going to get out and get a job and you're going to take care of sheep. And uh, they are there because uh, they need the security of having an income. That's what a a hired hand does. He's not a shepherd, the text says. He's not a shepherd. It says he does not own the sheep. For the hired hand, they're just a commodity. There's no real value To them, so look at verse thirteen. He flees because he's a hired hand, and cares nothing for the sheep. Last year there were um, a bunch of fires out in British Columbia and in Alberta. I I read the news and hear the news that there are still fifty-one fires burning in Alberta and British Columbia. Some, some, it's in the fifties. I'm like, it's winter. The ground's covered in snow. Underneath the snow, those some fires are still going on. That has nothing to do with the sermon. I just I found that interesting. I heard that on the news. Um, the point is, uh, one of our churches in Salmon Arm has some farmers who, uh, just uh, west of Salmon Arm, the fires were coming through, and these farmers were trying to figure out how they could care for their animals. They weren't leaving the farm. That they're the picture of the good shepherd. Uh, The the animals weren't just going to die out in the field, and they were trying to figure out how they can get them on trucks or how they can protect them and how they could, because that was their heart, that was their passion. They are the picture of the good shepherd and not of the hired hand. And so when we talk about Jesus Christ and his care for us as the good shepherd as the good shepherd. He's not a hired hand. He doesn't see us as a commodity. He he sees us, we are valued to him. We're part of his sheepfold. So that takes us back to verse 11 again. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The true shepherd is willing to give his life for the sheep. Now sheep, as you know, they're not very bright, they uh, they're prone to wander. They're prone to blindly follow. Uh, they are easily led. They're pretty much defenseless. Um, they're stubborn. That's a bit of me, I guess. They constantly need correction, um, and we're like that. And we need a shepherd. And we need a shepherd. The name God in the Old Testament. One of those is the Lord is my shepherd. And uh, so, in Isaiah forty verse eleven, it says, "He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young." Uh, a number of years ago, uh, in a summer series, we looked at the twenty-third psalm. As as the people are hearing, um, John. in in the book are reading this and they're hearing it, or as Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd, I am the good shepherd. I'm sure they're thinking about that verse in Isaiah. I'm sure a lot of them are thinking about uh, Psalm 23. And we looked at that through a whole summer a few years ago. Here's what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the good shepherd, the good shepherd. The psalm gives us an awesome picture of a shepherd who was there uh, to direct us, a a shepherd who was there to care for us, Uh, a shepherd who was there to uh, make sacrifice for us. You remember the story of David and Goliath? I was reading this in my read through the Bible the other day, and and David and is uh, goes up to visit his brothers at the war with the Philistines, and Goliath has been coming out cursing God and all the rest, and and David he goes, I'll, I'll go out, I'll fight him, and his brothers, he's just a pipsqueak, forget about it. Anyways, David ends up in front of Samuel, and he says, I'll go, I'll go, and uh, here's what here's what David said. Um, here's what David said to. Uh, Samuel. And uh, you find it in uh, 1 Samuel 17, uh, verses uh, 34 to 36. It says, I went after him. Oh, excuse me. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him, and I struck him, and I delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall not be one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistines. See, a true shepherd owns his sheep and is willing to make whatever sacrifice is needed to care for those sheep. The shepherd would give his life. The shepherd would give his life. What an awesome picture that is of our salvation, the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Philippians 2, talking about Jesus laying down his life. I lay it down, I lay it down, I lay it down, and I can take it up again because I have the authority, but I lay it down. Philippians 2 says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, although though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being formed in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself, became becoming obedient to the point of death, even a death on a cross. John uh, 10 verse 17 says, For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. In just a few weeks, we're gonna have our focus on Easter and the the focus on what Jesus Christ accomplished for us, but don't lose sight of what Jesus is saying. They don't understand it yet. Jesus is claiming he's a good shepherd. He's claiming he is the good shepherd. He's telling them, I'm gonna lay down my life and I'm gonna take it up again. It was a picture of the death of Jesus Christ, the burial of Jesus Christ, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ so that the wrath of God on every single one of us could be satisfied, the punishment for sin could be paid for in the finished work of Christ. I lay it down. I'm going to lay it down. That's the awesome work of Jesus for you. We so often get caught up in our lives and rushing forward and all the rest, we forget about Jesus laying it down. And what he went through on this, this John chapter 10 is not very far from the cross, And Jesus is starting to focus. He's bringing his teaching to somewhat of a crescendo for them so they can understand who he is and what his claim is on their life. And he says, I lay it down for you. I'm making the sacrifice that you can't make. I'm paying the price that you can't pay so you can have life. Because I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd makes the ultimate, is willing to make the ultimate Payment. The, pay the ultimate price. But he's also a good shepherd who cares for us. Who loves us. Who steers us. Who helps us in our time of need. This is the good shepherd. His priority is to lay it down for the sheep. Well the second part of the text then is about the shepherd and his relationship. The shepherd and his relationship. In verse 14, it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. I know my own, and my own know me. What a great verse. Um, Sue and I will celebrate our 45th anniversary on May the 26th of this year. It's, It's important for men that you remember the day you were married. We won't be here. We're hoping to be away on a trip uh, that weekend. Um, but I remember when we first met. Uh, we met at camp. And uh, I got to say, like, oh, who is that girl, right? And uh, I want to get to know her. And uh, and as time went on, we started to date and all the rest of that. And But the reality was I wanted to know everything I could know about her, right? I wanted to do everything I could for her. Back in the day, I didn't have a car, but if you had a car, when you had a car, you, like you opened the door, you all the things you could do. Um, I wanted to know everything that I could know about her. And then as we fell in love, I wanted to know more. And I wanted to know more. And I wanted to know more. Um, how much more with our shepherd? How much more with your good shepherd, Jesus Christ. Verses uh, 26 to 28 of John 10 say, uh, but you do not believe because you are not among the sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And so in this, there are two parts. There's a part of I, I, I know my own. Jesus says, I know my own. Jesus knows whose are his. He knows. He is the eternal God before creation, holds the world in his hands. That's our God. He is the omnipotent one. Um, he is the one with the creative works. He is the one with the attributes of his holiness and his justice and his love and, and, and all of those, all those attributes that are his. Um, I know my own. I know my own. It's amazing that you know the Bible talks about before the foundation of the world, the Lord knew who you were. Um, even even uh, when uh, David was talking about, it, he goes, know Jeremiah, I was I was shapen in iniquity, before I was born, I knew God knew me, God knew me, and God knows you." There's everything about you. There's not a circumstance you're going through today that he doesn't know about. There's not a circumstance that he doesn't care about. There's not a circumstance where he's going to leave you in the ditch. There's everything. It's awesome, the work of God. He knows your steps. He knows your thoughts. He says, I know my own. I know my own. And the second part of the verse says, I am the good shepherd, and I'm known by my own. I'm known by my own. If the first part is what God knows about us, the second part is about what we know about him. It's the, I'm dating this young lady. I want to know more and more and more and more about her. And I just wonder in our church, because I see the prone to wander in my own life, how much passion do we have to know him more? To know him more. How much are you growing in your to know him more, um, this week as I've been reading my text through, reading through the Bible, we've been I've been reading about David, and uh, two things that just keep coming back to me about David's life, and one of those things about David's life is he was a man after God's own heart, and we see that he's a man after God's own heart. You see that in the things he writes. You see that in, but there is another part of David that we choose to sin, choose to suffer. And His life is just filled with it. He chose to sin with Bathsheba and the results of that and the impact all the way through his life are devastation and destruction and payment and suffering. And and yet by God's grace, he's a man after God's own heart. That's what God's been teaching me, reminding me about this week. Do you have a story like that? Is there something that as you've been reading God's word this week, we go, hey, what's God been teaching you this week? And people will just pop up all over the room because you want to know him more. You want to know him more. Well, how do we do that? Well, we do that through the word. That's how you know him more. You do it through being in the word. Just the discipline of everyday Getting in the Word. Two weeks from now, I told you about this already, we're going to do a, a message on spiritual disciplines and what does that look like to walk in Christ and all of the rest of it. But how much time do you, do you, how much time did you spend in the Word this week? Because you want to know him more. And if the answer is none, we'll pick your Bible up, start in the Gospel of John, and just read it. Just read it. Asking God, what's he showing you? What do I need to learn from it? But just opening up the word of God. But maybe you're here today and you go, yeah, a little bit. But I wasn't, I was reading it for, you know, I had to prepare for something or for small group or whatever. And hey, one of the great challenges in the pastor's heart is reading the word for yourself. Because you're always thinking about the people and how you're going to preach or where the illustration will go and all the rest of it, right? And just get God's word in your hand, open it up and read it. And read it so that you can know him, you can know him more. You need to listen to God. Listening to God. I'm not a good listener, Sue will tell you that. I'm not a good listener. Um, But listening to God in prayer, like a good part of prayer is being still and knowing that I am God. And hearing God and the still small voice and, and in hearing God, allowing the spirit of God to work through the written word of God so you can listen to what God is saying to you so God's spirit can be working in you. So challenge, church. Uh, he wants to know me more. He knows everything. I want to know him more. When Sue and I were dating, I wanted to be with her. I wanted to talk to her. I wanted to ask her questions. She would talk to me. Because why? Because we wanted to know more. Do you want to know your God more? Do you want to know the good shepherd more? The one who laid down his life for you, for, for your salvation, do you want to know him more? They received of the investment and the blessing of the shepherd, and those are just a couple of ways that we can do it but you might ask, okay, so I'm reading through the Gospel of John, and, and uh, isn't this text really, isn't Jesus really saying this is for the Jews? It's not for us. It's for the Jews. Well, thank you for asking. Look down at verse 16. Because this is you in this text. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. And I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock and one shepherd. That's you, that's me, that's the Gentile world. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. And so Jesus is not just the good shepherd for the Jews. Jesus is the good shepherd for the world. And he's already been teaching this. He's already, it's part of what the religious leaders were going crazy about because Jesus is going beyond what they were comfortable with. We are God's chosen people. We are the only ones to, for God so loved the world. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. That's us. That's us being brought into the family. That's us being brought into the fold through faith in Jesus Christ. What an awesome, awesome hope that is for us. The work for the Gentiles, the work of Christ laying down it all was for you. And it demands a response from us. And so many in the room have done that where you've trusted Jesus Christ as your savior. But this is the gospel, the good shepherd who came, who laid down his life on uh, on a cross, died for us, rose again to satisfy the wrath of God so we could have life because we can't get there on our own. The satisfying of God's wrath required the spotless lamb to be sacrificed. So in the picture, Jesus is the shepherd. Jesus is also the spotless lamb. And he sacrifices his life so that you can have an entrance into the kingdom of God through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Have you trusted Jesus Christ for your salvation? Have you trusted him? Or are you still trying to try harder and work more and maybe I'll be okay before God? That plan's never gonna get you there because you can never satisfy what God requires. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, and be saved. A good shepherd came and laid down his life because we couldn't accomplish what was necessary. Jesus Christ did it. Believe and be saved. I read this quote this week. It said this. The sheep must know the shepherd. And they can. As the son knows the father. The son must know the father to do his will. And the sheep must know the shepherd. To follow him faithfully. That's verse 18, no one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my Father, Jesus Christ, fulfilling the will of the Father so that we could have have life. Matthew 20, 28 says, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom For many. What an awesome reality. We have this shepherd who desires to um, have the priority of laying his life down for us, has a desire to have the relationship with us. But then look at what seems to be pretty amazing to me it's the implications of this work of the shepherd. And we see it in verses 19 to 21. The shepherd and and the implications um, says there. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he is a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? And others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So let me just tell you one thing for sure. The gospel, the gospel always divides in our world. It always does. It always will. I I was hearing the testimony of a guy at the men's uh, uh, event yesterday, which was a great event, man. If you weren't at this one, you need to be at the next one in May. But um, listen to his testimony as a teacher who lost his job because of his stand for Christ, Basically, we all know, if it had been any other religion, they would have tried to work with him. And At some point, it was like, it's done, you're out, it's over, right? The gospel of Jesus Christ, it divides in our world. And we see it here. Um, the truth shines a light that will often, quite often, most often, bring division. You'll be misunderstood. You'll be falsely accused. You will face rejection. That's what the gospel of Jesus Christ does, because Jesus is saying, I am the way, I am the bread, I am the life, I am the good shepherd. I am not a, I'm not one plan of many, I am the singular plan. And the religious leaders are more and more and more working and plotting toward the death of Jesus Christ. And so the reality for us there's implications even for us in that. We shouldn't be surprised by that. If that's what happened to Jesus, that's what will happen to us as well. Um, And so we have this misunderstanding. We have this falsely accused. We have this rejection. He's a demon. But by some, but by some, I believe by the working of God, you are dead in your trespasses and sins. He makes you alive in Jesus Christ. But by some, there is a reception that happens. And others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Do you remember when you were blind to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you remember what it was like before and how you came kicking and screaming, many of you? Do you remember how Jesus opened the eyes of the blind? Now they're talking about physically, Jesus did that. But we understand what Jesus Christ did for us when he brought us sight and we trusted Jesus Christ. See, that just helps us focus so much better on he is the good shepherd, he is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. Well, so what? So what? I want to take a look at a so what in three areas today. Um, Jesus, the one and only, lays it all down for the sheep. My first so what is for the elders of the church. For Wayne, for Paul, for Dennis, and for myself. The word to the elders as shepherds lay it down. Lay it down. 1 Peter 5.14 says, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that's going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, But being an example, but being an example to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Elders are called to lay it down. Hebrews 13, although it's aimed to the people, I I take that for myself. Remember your leaders, those who speak to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their their way of life and imitate their faith. And verse 17 says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Acts 20, 28, speaking to the elders says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his blood. Wayne and Dennis and Paul and Paul are called to lay it down as under shepherds, under the chief shepherd for the church. Then there's a word to the people. As the people of God were called to lay it down, John 10, 27, Jesus answered them, I told you, you do not believe the work that I do. My Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among the sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and they follow me. The call on every life of every single individual in this room who's trusted Jesus Christ is to follow me, to be more like the shepherd, to lay it down like he laid it down for you. I'm not sure what the Lord's putting on your heart right now about that. Something that you need to lay down, something you need to set aside, something God is working on in your heart. The good shepherd laid it down for me. I will lay it down and I will follow him. And then one more group of people. A word to the lost sheep. A word to the lost sheep. If you're here today and you never trusted Jesus Christ, today's the day to lay it down. Set aside your pride. Set aside your, I'm going to get there on my own plan. Set aside, I can do this. Lay it down. Isaiah 53, 5 and 6 says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, his laying it down, we are healed. All we like sheep, all have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. If you're here today and you never trusted Christ, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The call to you, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Let's pray. Father, I am so thankful for the picture of the good shepherd. I know how so often I can be stubborn. I can be pig-headed. I need correction. Why would a good shepherd lay down his life for me but Jesus Christ did and I rejoice in that reality? And so as a follower of Jesus Christ, would you teach me? As an elder, would you teach me the responsibility responsibility I have to lead as an under-shepherd under the good shepherd? As a follower of Christ, that I'd be one who's committed more and more every day to love you, to know you more because you know me. You know me so well, yet you gave your son in my wretchedness, you gave your son for me, Lord. That's true for all of us. Lord, I pray that you would work in my heart, in our lives, God, that we'd be people of God who are passionate for you because you are the one and only. You are the good shepherd. So, Father, as we sing about your love, we'd be reminded of the work of the good shepherd who gave his life for us. He laid it down. He took it up again because he is fulfilling the will of his Father. Be glorified in all of this, we pray.